Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Drivers, start your engines! What's up, folks? It's another edition of the NASCAR DFS podcast. Uh, I am Matt Sells. I'm hosting this week because guess what? Our boy Dan Malin, he has some personal stuff taken care of this week. Uh, so alongside me, I'm not riding solo on this journey. We got Ed Rouse is making his first appearance this year uh, on the DFS podcast for us. So how you doing there, Mr. Rouse? Oh, the Sells man. I'm doing uh, really good. Uh, I can't wait to jump into this. I'm Little uh, the longest road race of all time, I, I feel like last week, but <laughs> it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch at least. And I'm looking forward to this weekend. Let me tell you, I know the rain has not been our friend so far, but I say let's jump into it and get the people what they want, the picks to win. Yeah, you uh, you brought it up there off the off the bat. First of all, the uh, you know practice and qualifying for both Xfinity and Cup were were uh, canceled on Saturday morning, which we kind of. Figured would be the case from about Wednesday on since the forecast started at 50% rain and only got higher uh, as the morning went. Um, So both of those were canceled. Both were set with the formula. The Xfinity race is expected to go off about on time. Uh, We are recording this podcast. It's 1240 in the afternoon Eastern time Saturday at the moment. So we're within about a half hour or so of the Xfinity race starting or when it's scheduled to start um so the fields were set based on the formula which kind of stinks especially for the cup race because we're getting more chalk than i think we probably deserved based on the pricing uh if things had played out i think it would have been a more interesting slate to set for um but when we hopped on our first both of us had the first sets of chalk that popped right out to us mine was Christopher Bell and yours was no shocker, but your favorite driver. <laughs> of course, it was Ryan Blaney. Just I could not believe he was 8,800. I, yeah, I mean, you could literally build around those two drivers and pretty much have like the chalkiest lineup here uh, for Richmond. So um, it stand out to me only because he's fast at these type of tracks. Um, last couple times here, and j- just the price under nine grand, and and because of last week, he's starting 17th so the pd is there as well right that's the thing to keep in mind the formula is based off of last week's race mostly and then there's some fast laps in there and then there's point standings which 
By the way, the Hendrick guys got a big boost there this week when their appeal was rescinded and they all got their points back and Larson moved back up to like second or something in the standings. Um, so we've got Bowman on the pole. We got Kyle Bush on the front row, um, which again makes things very interesting because they were not exactly priced up this week coming into things. Um, so, you know, th- we're, we're going to talk kind of the way we've, we've been doing these podcasts, do a little bit of a slate breakdown, not really a whole lot of focus on specific drivers, even though we just mentioned two of them. Um, so we're going to go with strategy, how we're approaching the slate, how we're building for Richmond, not having seen the cars on track. Um, this being only the second race with this aero package on the cars. And oh, by the way, they have wet tires. Now, not that they will go racing in the rain, but it's more so if the track is damp when they start, then they can start on wet tires. And then as it dries up, they will switch to slicks. So it will save a little bit of time in track drying. Um, But don't expect if a deluge happens, they're not going to be out there because there's no way you're driving (laughs) around a short track in that much spray. That's not happening. Definitely not. Um, So first things first. Do you, you're mainly a GPP player, right? Correct. Yes. Yes. Um, I would say that based off of how this slate sets up, I'm playing more GPPs this week as well. Um, there's too much chalk on this slate right now. A lot, yes. To comfortably play cash and know that I would have a lineup that would at least give me 2x back. Um, you might hit the money line, but... There's going to be a lot of ties because there's there's some pretty popular lineups that we can build <laughs> here, um, just with with PD um, and getting ourselves a share of some laps led leaders. Like Bowman's not that expensive. He's starting on the pole. Kyle Busch is not prohibitively priced. He's also starting on you know front row. Even building around William Byron starting third shouldn't necessarily be that hard at eleven thousand. Um, on DK, obviously he's also highly priced on FanDuel, but that's a lot easier to work around. Um, so I'm with you. I'm, I'm looking more towards GPPs just to come to the club. Welcome to the club. Just to get a little different, um, with the builds, try some different, uh, you know, ways to attack this slate. Cause let, let's start things off with. Richmond is a three-quarter of a mile short track that's relatively flat, right? Its nickname is the action track, except for the fact that we haven't really seen a whole lot of action here (laughs) the last several races. It's been kind of hard to pass. Um, That being said, I do like what we saw in the package of Phoenix. There was some passing during the race there. Um, Richmond is a tire management track, too. There's some tire wear here, um, which, you know, is kind of akin to... I would say Homestead, and maybe it's not going to be quite to the level of Darlington or Auto Club, but it's kind of on the level with Homestead, um, which if we get green flag runs, you know, tire wear could come into play here. So with that being said, we don't want to go full PD, but we also don't want to go full front of the, you know, front of the pack here um, for our builds. It's a good week to go 50-50, right? Get yes. three guys on top, the way it's priced, three guys you know, in the top five that are starting in the top ten, and just go three guys towards the back and just see what happens. It's a great week for that. 
yeah, so if we look at the last 10 races um, from Richmond from a track-level standpoint um, and just see where the winners have come from, it's kind of an interesting breakdown here because the only two of the last, sorry, three of the last 10 winners have come from inside the top five, and none of them have been on the front row. Hmm. So three, four, and five have wins here. But you've got one, two, three... Four, five wins from double digits. Um, from double digit starting spots here, including uh, when Kyle Bush won from 32nd, which I don't think is going to happen this year. That was kind of a fluky, fluky thing. So we say there's not a lot of passing, but then guys can win from double digits. What is that? Like, are you still looking at win equity for guys starting, like, 10th through 20th? Uh, yes, I am. And there's one I like that's just outside the top 10 that I think will be a really, really good play uh, this week as well in, in in Hamlin. So I think he has a really good chance to win from that 11 spot. Um, and price, not too bad, really. And, and there's other guys in, in that area, too, I do like. Um, trying to see if I could find one here that that – sticks out besides just putting that them in a gpp yep. but by the way last april then hamlin started 13th and he won that race correct he was really fast on this track Both he, was, he closed the gap pretty seriously in the closing laps there um last year by the way also of note uh, in the last 10 races toyota has won this race six times wow okay Ford has won nope. twice and Chevy has won twice, but there have been because we had Kyle Busch in back to back in 2018, and then we had Truex back to back in 2019, and then we had Truex win in September of 2021 and Hamlin win in April of 2022. So JGR is very well represented at this track, which is fitting since it's the Toyota owners 400. They got that. Big old inflatable Toyota sign down the back stretch here, uh, too. You're you're making me really like Briscoe at 19 now, just from saying that. I don't know why, <laughs> but I from mean, the 19th spot, you get the PD and the chance to win at 7800. I mean, GP. I mean, he did start. He did start 24th in Phoenix and finished seventh. Correct. And Phoenix is a relatively comparable track. Obviously, it's a mile. Not three quarters of a mile, but the shape is relatively the same. Um, driving style is pretty close. They have the same arrow package on the car. So, um, yeah, Briscoe is Briscoe's intriguing. Mm-hmm. I was just Toyota. He's in that eleven to twenty range. He's right. I I just like it for a GPP. He'll probably be low owned. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pepper him in a little bit. Well, so here's the thing: if you like Kevin Harvick. Yes, which everyone will. He'll be which everybody does coming yeah. in, right? For good reason. He's been dominant here. He's the defending winner, not of this specific race, but the last time we came to Richmond, Kevin Harvick won. Um, he's been a co-favorite basically all week across the sports books, which is interesting to me. Now you get a little bit of PD with him at 10. So if you like him and you're targeting PD with another Ford and Eric Amarola, who's starting 32nd, I think Briscoe, mid-tier, 
starting 19th, I think you could find some value there because you also have Suarez at 8,100 who's starting 20th. You've got Josh Berry in the nine car starting 30th who is a very good short track racer, right? And he's 7,900. Briscoe is 78. You have Almarola at 76. You got Ty Gibbs starting 14th at 73rd, which probably doesn't get a whole lot of attention. But Austin Dillon at 7,200 has been very intriguing over the last, like, year and a half at these shorter, flatter tracks. So I think Briscoe's in a nice little pocket where you may not get that much attention. Yeah, and but Austin Dillon, man, I'm just not happy with the way he's produced so far this season in general, too. So, ugh, I may well, be off no, him a little bit. We'll leave a sour taste in your mouth. But he did put up 41 points. <laughs> I mean, clearly, right? He finished 20th after starting 13th in Atlanta and then finished 33rd while starting 28th at the road course and didn't even really make it. Uh, out of stage one, if I recall, like it was a rough, rough race. However, Phoenix, he started 30th and finished 16th. Yeah, no, he so, does have that going for him. Does have that. He has a decent enough history here um, that makes him pretty, uh, pretty interesting as a flyer candidate, sort of. I mean, he has... In the last 10 similar races, he's started an average of 21st and finished an average of 17th. Okay. Not terrible for a guy yeah. that's not going to cost you very much. Yeah, that's not terrible at all. So, uh, But plus the name alone, he normally seems to be higher owned than right. he should be. So I do like that. And I'd probably fade him anyways for Briscoe, like I said. So, And like you said, so I think that's a good spot to get Briscoe at a good value price. And Dylan, he'll probably be in one or two of my 10 to 12 lineups you know maybe but that's kind of where i'll stick to that all right so here i know we don't want to really dive into a ton of uh driver talk but i feel like there's only one guy that i'm off of above 10k and that'd be kyle larson really please do explain i just don't think the value is is there like he's either like sure at phoenix he started first finished fourth led 200 something laps right and at vegas he led 63 laps started six right but like richmond has not been one of his better places in general mm-hmm. um he tends to go backwards here more than he goes forwards and i just feel like there's there's more value elsewhere. Like at 10-6, I'd rather pay $400 more for Byron, right? Yeah, I'd I would agree pay on that. Yeah. 200 bucks more for, for Harvick. I'd rather pay less for Bell. I'd rather pay less for Hamlet. Yeah, I could see that too. But at the same time... Um... Larson for a GPP, you gotta throw him in there just from his name alone, right? Because it, especially what you're saying, a lot of people will be on the same type of thing. So I can see a low ownership for him at that price, going up to Harvick or Byron, or going down to Bell or even Truex in that spot on DraftKings. I think I would take a flyer on him in a couple lineups because you never know with him because he's is one of the most talented drivers on in the field. But I think you're right. 
that I wouldn't go crazy with him, but I'm not going to fade him completely just for that reason. But yeah. yeah. The other thing I want to quickly touch on here is not necessarily taking driver stats here as the be all end all, because we have some drivers that have switched teams recently and, you know, some of them changed manufacturer. So like, let's look at Tyler Reddick, right? <laughs> Reddick at RCR. RCR has struggled at Richmond at shorter, flatter tracks. There's no, there's not really any way around it. They have struggled to get top tens here consistently. I know we just talked about Austin Dillon. No, I don't expect him to have a top 10, but starting where he's starting, there's PD upside, right? Um, you know, Tyler Reddick, if you look at his short, flat tracks, eh, in the last 10 when he's basically been in an RCR car for all of those, except for Phoenix where he finished third, there is one top five out of the last nine prior to Phoenix. Mm, He's coming in hot too. His last four races. uh... He's starting to figure out the Toyota, right? And we already talked about the Toyota has won six of the last 10 here, right? So Redick, he's starting fifth. He's now in a Toyota. He's out of the RCR. Kyle Busch on the front row. He's now in an RCR car. Kyle Busch has been very good on short, flat tracks, mm-hmm. right? He was in a Toyota prior to that. At Phoenix, he did okay. Started ninth, finished eighth. Um, bore fastest laps. Not terrible, but he's in an RCR car. We just talked about how RCR has struggled. At the shorter, flatter tracks for a little while. Okay. Kozlowski is another guy who's intriguing to me because if you look at his overall history here or at, at shorter, flatter tracks, it's not really anything to write home about. Right. Except for the fact yeah. that RFK has been pretty good at short, flat tracks. Over the same time span, we've been comparing JGR and RCR and whatnot. Roush has been pretty good, right? Bush are starting a little high for my liking, to be honest, at seventh. But yes, Kozlowski, you know, going from Ford of Penske, which aside from uh, Blaney's fastness at these tracks, <laughs> speed hasn't really been outstanding but for some reason Roush has been so those are some things that we might want to take into account as some guys changing changing teams and that their records may not exactly follow suit yeah I'm with you but I just I've never been a a, a bit Keselowski fan to begin with for a while even when he was on Penske and even in DFS he's one of those guys too that every time I play him Straight trash. But then when I don't play him, uh, like two weeks ago, finish the second. It's like, come on, man. Come on. So, but I can see where you're coming from. And he does have a good history on these type of tracks. So, I may throw him in one, but I just expect that one to just completely bomb. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. I mean, there's a reasonable bomb rate <laughs> with Kaz, right? I'm not going to say. <laughs> can we use that now? A bomb rate uh, on lineups with certain guys? <laughs> I mean, you can make a tool like, for that, to right? To be honest, he went backwards <laughs> in Phoenix, but I wasn't all that high on playing him starting 
fourth. Like there was, <laughs> it was kind of a shock to see him starting fourth. Um, starting 24th, if he pulls off the same finish as he did at Phoenix, then there's positive PD upside there. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to make of the track house guys right I now. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, they seem to dislike each other at this point, given what Suarez <laughs> did on pit road and then the words that they had after the race. Um, yeah, and, I'm not really on either one of them. Um, this week, to be honest, um, I am worried a little bit about the Hamlin Chastain thing still now that what happened just recently. So, but Suarez, like he's just not been great, uh, to start the season at all. So I'm kind of off of him until he proves that he could do something. Yeah. agree. Like he had a good run at Daytona, but like, that's a crap shoot. So who cares? Yeah. He had a good run at auto club, but again, he was faster last year. And then since then it's been progressively worse finishes okay. basically um so yeah so i think the the strategy we're going with this week is look we're targeting maybe one or two laps led dominators yep here right because you're gonna need them there's 400 laps um so there's there's quite a bit of laps to to uh get credit for in terms of dominator points um and then we're going with some PD plays. Now, we're not going with guys who are starting super far back. Right? Not this week, no, yeah. You can put maybe one of them in there and hope that they move up, right? Almarola is probably going to be a pretty popular dude for doing that. Maybe Ryan Priest. Um, but in general, we're targeting guys that you think can pull off top 15 finishes because that's probably what it's going to take. Um, your entire lineup to basically finish in the top 15 in order to see some some pretty nice cash here. So um, we don't have to... I know we talked a lot about Toyota doing well here. We don't have to go full Toyota stack. Uh, you know, get a couple of them, sure. Um, but, you know, we're not going full Toyota stack. And and just be wary that we haven't seen these cars on the track, right? So just because somebody did well at Phoenix doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to bring that the same setup is going to do well at Richmond. We still have to weigh what these guys have done elsewhere. We still have to weigh what their team has done at this track typically. Um, so, yeah, but I would gear it more towards GPPs. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I want FA winner to win that 100K this week. We're going to do it, right? Yeah, you were you were pretty close last week, right? Two weeks ago, yeah. I was uh, in the number one spot until Larson went down in that one. And uh, I was – I knew it, though, because, man, I hate looking at those mid-race and going, uh-oh. <laughs> I don't want to be this high already. That's not good. And then, sure enough, out of it. So, But, I, you know, I still got a pretty good chunk that week, so – Hopefully the same thing happens this week for me and all of you out there in the FA Nation as well. So, yeah, it'd be sweet to have a uh, to have a takedown here. And this is going to be another week where you're probably going to have to hate your lineups for them to wind up doing. Absolutely hate them, and the one you hate the most, that's the one that's going to have the most chance. No, <laughs> that's not to say build only lineups that you hate because there is the off chance <laughs> that the one that you like does wind up hitting. But you know, don't don't be afraid to get. You know, to to pivot off of 
some guys. Let's say you really like Blaney. Well, pivot off of him to Redick at some point, right? I like, like that too. Yeah, I was. Oh, I like that. Um, like let's say that you like Briscoe. Don't be afraid to pivot off of him for like Barry or Almarola, right? Like there are pivots out there for basically everybody. Let's say you got a bunch of Larson. Don't be afraid to pivot to Harvick. Right? Yeah, you should be looking to pivot up or pivot up to Harvick. Try to say that three times fast. Jeez. From Larson instead of down to Bell in that case, because Bell would be way too popularly owned. And yeah. Like right. Let's say, let's say you're building like you've got a, a decent amount of Kyle Bush and Bowman because you're going after last lead dominators. Don't be afraid to pivot to Logano, who's right between them in price and gives you PD. Um, you know. You're going to need laps led. It's not always going to come from the pole. It's going to come from somebody starting in the top five, almost assuredly, um, mm-hmm. for at least early laps led. And don't forget, we have stage breaks back. Last Yay. week, road course. This week, we have stage breaks back, which, by the way, after watching a bunch of these stage break races for, like, I don't know, the last five years or whatever, it was, it was weird. very weird to see it points was awarded without a guy stopping. It was it was weird, and I'm not sure that it ultimately changed the race strategy that much. But like, <laughs> it was really weird. And I was like, "Oh, this will be a shorter race." No. <laughs> well, it would have been if, if people hadn't wrecked on the three overtimes. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like Reddick pitted one extra time. And still yeah, won, yeah. so I'm not yeah, sure yeah. the strategy, like the stage breaks and whatever, really changed that much. I don't, I, I don't know. There was enough caution breaks to, <laughs> I don't think definitely. anybody would have noticed the stage break. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, what's a, what's a, before we go, what's yeah. a good bet? Like, what's the best bet that you have for this week? I'll, mine is, I'll give you mine too. Yours is Blaney. Nope. Hmm. Mine's Chase Briscoe plus seven hundred top five finish. Okay, I can't oh fault God, you well. for a plus seven hundred on a top five. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. We're citing these off a of DK, by the way, for those interested. Yep. Um, I did my best bets piece or my picks wise betting piece on Friday. I had Byron in there because he was the, um, or sorry, I had Harvick in there, um, co favorite. Um, I had C Bell, who I love this week. Of course, starting 21st puts a little damper on it, but you know, it's all right. You're getting better odds now than you were yesterday on C Bell, so it's plus 800 to win. Um, Bowman's going off at 15 to 1 from the pole right now, which is hmm, that's intriguing. I mean, the pole sitter hasn't won in in 10 trips here. Neither is the guy starting second. The guy starting third is won once. The guy starting fourth is won once. The guy starting fifth has won once. So Tyler Reddick's going off at fifteen to one, the same as Alex Bond at fifteen to one, and Chastain is also fifteen to one. So no, you know. <laughs> um, uh, hmm. Best bet. I don't. Christopher Bell going off at like. Plus one ten or whatever for you know one fifteen or so for a top five. I I pretty well like that. I mean, if you look at Christopher Bell's last four races at this similar 
tracks. Win second, win sixth. So we're pretty much saying don't put him in your DFS lineups because he's going to be too popular, but bet on him. Well, I mean, I would have some exposure because if he does what we're expecting him to do, then you're going to yeah, yeah, no, I agree to, yeah. to cash. Um, I don't driver props. They changed the. Um, I don't know the the matchups are interesting to me. Like they have Bell even money against Harvick, who's negative money on DK for the matchups. But then they have Bell and Hamlin with the exact same odds, both minus 110. That makes sense, yeah. They're both, like, pretty much equal on all the betting sites as well. Yeah, they have Larson even money against Harvick. Oh, I may want to take Harvick in that one. (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't be the worst idea in the world to do that. Um... They have, okay, let's, would you take, you're going to take Blaney at plus money over Chastain, right? I would. Yeah, because you got Blaney at what, 1,800 and Chastain at 1,500. Right, and Blaney right now going off at 21 to 20, which is what, plus 105? Yeah, I would take that. To Chastain at 4 to 5, which is what, minus 125? Yeah, Blaney all day right there. Yeah, I probably would too. Um, it's just kind of interesting how they how they set up these driver well, matchups. I like it. Like sometimes I see one that's too good to be true, and you and you and you play it, and then you're like, uh oh, <laughs> it's too good to be true, and one of them crashes out, or so. It's always the ones that are, are like the close ones. I feel you have your best chance of actually winning, like the Blaney Chastain, you know. But, like, the Harvick and Larson one scares me now because that is almost too good to be true um, in this type of format and race. But, yeah. I like it. I mean, they're starting basically next to each other in the starting grid, right? Yeah, so you might as well take the the plus money. of Like, it just seems obvious to me, but. Yeah. Um, Bowman Logano is an interesting bet. Bowman and Logano, what is their matchup? So Bowman's four to five, Logano's twenty-one twenty. So uh, same as Blaney and Chastain, pretty much, right? Pretty, pretty close. Pretty close. It, uh, it is identical, yes. Yeah. So, and you got Bowman starting on the pole, and Logano, where's he starting? Uh, Eight. But he he's been fast this year, man. He like, he always seems to find a way to get his car up there, almost in every race this year. Um. And I probably expect him to do the same thing this time. If we're going off of Phoenix, Logano started 16th and finished 11th there, right? Bowman started 18th and finished 9th. So you would take Bowman in that in this matchup? I just I just think you have to take the fact that I don't see Bowman falling all that far back. Okay. And so if Bowman falls to fifth, Logano's got to go from 18th to fourth. Yeah, I could. Yeah, so maybe. Right, like uh, if if you're envisioning both getting in the top ten, Logano has more work to do than Bowman in that regard. Correct. So maybe you do just take what is a little bit of a less risk with 
Bowman, right? For pretty much identical to the Blaney Chastain. So maybe you do go Bowman there. Man, now we just went from DFS to straight matchup. I love doing it. Yeah, it's one of my um, favorite things to do. <laughs> I, I think it's. I think the top five bets are interesting that only three guys are negative money on top fives on DK. Um, yeah, Larson, Harvick, and then Byron. Yeah, and then you get plus money for Hamlin for a top five. Yeah, that's pretty nasty. That's almost too safe of a bet for plus. Um, I mean, Bowman starting on the pole is still plus money for a top five. He's at plus 210, which is a nice value at that. Uh, I don't like the Chastain top five at all. Reddick's intriguing. She is only because it's not RCR, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, not touching Suarez with a ten foot, uh, no eleven foot pole. Um, Briscoe at plus seven hundred just still sticks out to me as a as a really good value. Like, yeah, I mean, you're getting Briscoe at plus seven hundred for a top five, but Josh Berry is plus five hundred starting for the pack. <laughs> I just saw that. Sorry, I'm laughing hysterically because that. If if you put a bet on that and that hits, kudos to you, my friend, because that is <laughs> it's also not enough return for Josh Berry top five. Wow. I mean, okay. I, I get he's in the nine car, and I get that we all love the Hendrick, you know, yeah stuff. But like to be <laughs> honest, even Chase in the nine car only put up three top fives in the last nine races. In this car, and it's Chase Elliott. Mm hmm. Cost of a championship, that car. Pretty much. Um, and well, Chastain cost him a championship. <laughs> also, that too. Yeah. And even I'm looking at Josh Berry. Ugh. I mean, why yeah, I mean, is Berry across the board better odds than Briscoe? Uh, I think because A, he's in the nine, but we don't. Uh, but still, I, mean, I get he's been... a short track guy and he's in the Xfinity race, but like he hasn't done anything in the nine car to make you believe that he's all he's doing is getting a feel for it. Well, two weeks ago he did have. Well, that's he had that a top ten. Well, yeah, a top ten being tenth. Right. Also, he started seventeenth. Now he's starting thirtieth. Uh, and then on the Pennzoil four hundred, he started thirty second and, and finished twenty ninth. <laughs> so. Um... Although that was his first race in the nine, so we'll give him a little bit of credit I mean, there. You but... can find top ten bets for Josh Berry. I don't know what the, <laughs> what the lines are. Dude, you they, they may be negative if a top five is plus five hundred. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, uh, I can only go. I can only pull odds from DK because I'm in a state where it's not legal to bet, and DK lets me see the odds without actually betting. Everybody else has them behind the state like legality wall, um, and. To be fair, DraftKings doesn't exactly have the best props or or whatnot out there. Um, plus 500 for a top five for Barry. That is insane. Briscoe plus like 700 I really all day. Don't, I really don't get... Like Ryan Blaney, who in the last 10 short track races, his average finish is sixth, is going off at plus 250, and Josh Barry's twice that, starting... <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Twice as far back, basically. Yeah. Uh, you you know what's going to happen now, Cells. I swear to God, if he goes off. 
<laughs> it's gonna it's gonna happen only because we uh smack talked it. But uh, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles on yeah. these things. I mean, no disrespect to Josh Barry, he's quite a good racer. I love yeah, the story yeah, behind yeah. him that he basically took over a car and then won at Martinsville and forced his way into a very good ride at the Xfinity level. That being said, he should not be better odds to win nor top five than Chase Briscoe. Yeah, which is why you take Chase Briscoe at the value. Boom. Yeah, speaking of which, do we have a Josh Berry Chase, Chase Briscoe matchup? Okay. Probably not. Ooh, probably not. I, I doubt it. Well, doubt they it. are they are next to to each other in DraftKings uh, odds. By the way, Josh Berry to win the race plus four thousand. Chase Briscoe plus six thousand. Yeah, it's still take Briscoe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> getting half even... again as much return. Like Yeah, that's that's insane. I'm not touching Bubba Wallace this week just because he's not oh. been good. Um so yeah, I think Briscoe at top five is your best value bet if I had to to look at it. No matchup for Barry versus Briscoe. No. That's not a shocker. They're two relatively uh, Yeah more obscure guys to be betting in the first place. They don't bring in the money. So DK isn't going to put them on the board. Um, all righty. Well, we have talked strategy. We have talked some drivers <laughs> that we like and don't like. We have talked uh, bets that we like and don't like. And we have talked some weather. By the way, I find it ironic that Kyle Weatherman was a weather casualty in the Xfinity race. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't do qualifying. He didn't get to race his way in. So he was a did not qualify. Um, and the dad so, joke of the day goes to Matt Sells or his weatherman yeah. joke. <laughs> um, so we have the Xfinity race this afternoon. Trucks, by the way, Dan Malin put out the playbook for trucks that is after the Xfinity race in a weird scheduling thing this weekend. I guess it's because it's central time and it's a longer race. I don't know. Um, and then we got cup cup racing on sunday from richmond um if you want to stay up overnight f1 is racing in australia overnight it's at like 1 a.m eastern green flag uh, i'm good dvr yeah. <laughs> uh, or i should say the lights out for f1 yeah. <laughs> yeah um i do have a betting piece up there on Pixwise for f1 well if you're interested in playing dfs i can answer some questions i'm not doing content for it though um, but other than that, let's go crush it this week. Uh, thanks for filling in quite admirably there, Mr. Rouse. No, no problem. Let's go Blenny. Let's go Briscoe. Let's go San Diego State, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Although, who, we'll if you listen for... to this tomorrow morning, then you'll be like, oh, yeah, they won or lost. But still. Right, ahead. exactly. Um, I guess I'll go for San Diego State because I'm still better than FAU knocked out my alma mater. But... There you go. There you go. <laughs> I like it. Alrighty, well, good luck, FA Nation, and um, make sure to check out the playbook. This will be atop that. There'll be core plays. Projections will be out. We'll have the whole kit and caboodle um, out on Saturday afternoon and evening. So good luck, FA Nation. Good luck, guys. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.